Have you ever wanted to attend Bible college and you just feel like you can't afford it? Maybe you live in an area where there's no access to colleges and universities. Or maybe you're a professional like me with a career and you really don't have time to just leave work during the day and take a college class. You need a flexible schedule. Whatever your situation, brick and mortar uh, institutions, the traditional educational institutions that we're used to, uh, aren't meeting the needs for a growing population of Christians that feel they have a calling from God and they need training in order to enter ministry. They're struggling with those traditional models. And in recent years with the advent of high performance video over internet, uh, online options for education are really challenging the status quo. And you can attend college from anywhere. You can attend from your living room, from the coffee shop, even your couch. And so the topic for today is online education. Welcome to the God Makes New Podcast. My name is Dane Deutschman. I'm your host. And with me, I have president of one such high quality online college, the Christian Leaders Institute and Christian Leaders College. Henry Ryanga. Henry, thanks for being on the show. I'm glad to be here, Dane. And is that these are exciting times in the world of education and empowering people to be confident and competent in ministry and in life. Yes, it is. It is very exciting right now. And, um, you know, part of the mission of, of God Makes New is to promote other Christian ministries. And I can just personally share that I've been involved with uh, CLI as a student for a number of years now, uh, pursuing an Associates of Divinity, and I've seen the blessing that not only it's given to myself, but just around the world, uh, people from really literally all over the world attend this college and are involved in various different ministries. It's really a huge blessing for, for everybody involved. So. Um, Henry, uh, maybe we can just start off by you telling us a little bit more about yourself and the ministry, maybe how it got started. I'd, I'd love to learn a little bit more of the history and uh, what you guys are all about. What, what, are, the main, uh, what are the main goals of, of CLI and CLC? Thank you, Dane. Yes, I graduated from Calvin Seminary in 1987 and planted a church with my wife, Pam. And we saw right away in that first church in the Chicagoland area, the desperate need for Jesus Christ. But we also saw the desperate need for leaders, for local leaders. Um, in that time, we were very much inspired to think about the early church way of um, getting the volunteer ministers out there and getting their education. And in fact, the early church had a beautiful education process. It was very much mentor-based, but it, include for, it included formal training. Um, like the school of Tyrannus that we talk in, in Acts, we see the development yeah. of education. So in 1993, 94, 95, Steve Elzinga, another church planter and I started dreaming about a world where what if you could mobilize people and what if you could take every obstacle away from them to be leaders in the church. And we even started a company called LifeNet 21 that's long, was merged into the Bible League. Then the Bible League was an international Bible ministry and church planning organization. We got connected there. But when we looked around the world, we saw the same thing. And we asked the same question, what if, 
you could take every barrier away and people can get well-trained, get confident, competent in ministry, church planting, leadership. Um, and I was working with the Bible League in 2001 and I was sent on a mission to go to Manhattan, New York and um, to negotiate the display of a rare Bible um, at the Bible League. And it was September 10th, 2001. I came into Manhattan and the 11th, 2001, 11th, it was as if the world was attacked or at least the United States felt that way. But what if in my heart, I felt like this is the time when revival is needed. This is the time when we don't retreat, but we go forward with the gospel of Jesus Christ because um, his love is the only hope for redemption. So it was that day on the September 11th, 2001, <clears throat> that the idea came forward to um, start mobilizing ordinary people and get back to an early church understanding of ministry, ministry training, church planting, um, credentialing of ministers. So um, in, in those days, um, we were connected with some beautiful mentors. And the next week, we went forward to make the decision that we are formally going to do something. So I left the Bible, they gave my resignation. And, um, and it wasn't long after that, that we started doing online ministry training, which is another whole story. But um, so 2006, with six students, we started Christian Leaders Institute. I was planted in another church with Dr. David Fetish, who's now a professor. And, yeah. um, and so we, we right away got, um, we, the name we chose was Christian Leaders. Now, and then when it was formally organized, Christian Leaders NFP, and then began Christian Leaders Ministry. Now, Christian Leaders Ministry doing business as Christian Leaders College because we're going into accreditation, and college is that strong, um, credible name that sort of oversees. You know, but it's really the same board, the same idea. It's about a movement of raising up ordinary people, um, active Christian, volunteer Christians, part time Christians, and full time. Um, sorry, I put it this way, um, active Christians, um, volunteer ministers, part-time ministers, and full-time ministers. You know, historically, education was very focused on, um, since the early church, on the full-time ministers. What mm -hmm. we like to do is we like a volunteer minister who's like yourself, have another job. You are just as much of a minister as any minister who's full-time in this sense. There's not a clergy lay distinction. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, there's a huge amount of people who are probably in that. And, and in the church in general, I feel like there's a real need for uh, biblical training, you know, in, in the modern church. It, and it depends, obviously, on, on where you go. But uh, right. what I've noticed is there's some biblical illiteracy happening. And I think that uh, just being able to have easy access to biblical training is huge yes. for just people's growth as Christians. And then of course, anything that God calls them to do. Um, it gets you in the word. It gets you studying it. Um, we, uh, we also believe incredible, you know, we really, we go after accredited professors or people with standing who are in these subjects. Um, so it's, it's not something that, oh, well, you know, I, I, yeah, I got some biblical training, but it wasn't well-grounded in the word and in good study. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed some of the professors in the classes, um, Dr. Fettis is great yourself, uh, but even some world-renowned uh, uh, pastors and preachers as well. Uh, recordings that you can watch. God brings. Yes, we are. 
it's really great. So about those classes, um, is there a cost associated? Uh, I mean, I know the answers. I'm, some of these questions are rhetorical. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I'll start with philosophy. Our philosophy okay. is sort of saying, how can we give access to anyone who has a smartphone, a tablet or um, laptop or computer access, internet access, how can we give access to anybody? How can we take down the sort of only this group, this rank, this um, situation gets education? Um, how do we take away economics? Like um, you don't have to go in debt. You don't, your, your family can thrive while you get educated. How do we take away all barriers? Every possible, maybe you can't take all barriers away because there's intellectual barriers. Some people, there's time barriers. So people, some people don't have time. Some people, um, you know, um, learning does not come easy for them. So we, we understand that, but we want to take away as many barriers as we possibly can to raise up more leaders as possible. So if that's mm. our philosophy, then we say to ourselves, well, what models can best address that? Now, the, the typical college model is a, um, this for that model. I pay you this um, you educate me, um, I pay tuition, you know, it, um, th those models are very much steeped in um, the long history of residential education and, and so forth. But the weaknesses of those models, now there are strengths, you're together, you're, you can discuss things with a professor, I, I grant there are many strengths, but the weaknesses of that model, it's, um, it doesn't address the many, many situations and it's not efficient to um, direct the scaling it to as many people as possible. So, you know, whereas when the internet came, I believe the internet's like the second um, Gutenberg press, but it, instead of being a for print press, it's a digital press, but this is extremely economic and very environmentally conscious as well. I mean, there's no driving, there's no, you know, everybody stays where they're at, they get educated where they're at and they minister where they're at, where they're at. So, but so if you ask that question, so, so no, I have a long answer and I hope it's not too long on this question <laughs> of, of, is it free? Well, it's tuition free supported in a concept which we call the generosity driven concept which is very much like a local church a local church you don't like walk up to a local church and say to yourself okay i wonder what the tuition here is versus over there what you do is you walk in the door you're welcomed um and some with more share some more and others with less share a little less and some with nothing come and get the education anyway, because we're a community. And, mm. so, and that's the, the model. Now, can we do it perfectly? Not, I mean, because in the college, we do have some, um, some fees in that, but then we try to offset that with what we call opportunity scholarships in the pool of Bethesda program. So we, I mean, we're mm. doing what we can, but we wanna get to a model where education like water is, um, everyone's right to drink and in so then so so you can take these classes high quality classes yeah. and um and just to, to to us the the currency of your study and involvement is more important than the currency of building an institutional program anyway that's a yeah. lot but i no really that's great um, other stuff but it all connects
Yeah, so if, if you're someone who, uh, and you can just get started for free and take yep. some of these classes, right? And all the classes, some... all the classes for free. Um, there's no fees connected to the tuition free um, courses and mini courses um, offered. The fees come in when you start personalizing things because personalizing means I specifically have to um, hire people specifically for you and your specific journey. Well, now all of a sudden, this is an unscalable if um, because if you had a million people and you personalize a million people, we couldn't actually do it physically unless yeah. we had yeah. the personnel. So the putting fees allow us to scale how many team members and staff members we need to provide. And we also have to live up to the accreditation standards of the United States Department of Education, which we are applying for um, accredited status with Christian Leaders College. So they have 22 or 23 standards that we have to assure that are um, carried out in every student that we grant a degree to. So mm. now we have to scale up a sustainable way to support that. But the good news about that, um, our total bachelor degree fees are $2,650 for a yeah. bachelor degree. And, that, and right now that's the best we can do in terms of getting all of these 23 accreditation standards all like Basically. Which is fantastic. I mean, that's unheard of. Where where else can you go and get a degree, a bachelor's degree, for twenty six hundred dollars? And just even as a um, a person who is a busy professional with a large family, uh, the expenses fly out the door, and they're really I can't justify spending a lot of money, traditional education kind of money, on myself for education because I have other needs in my family. Exactly. And you look at other situations where you have people who can't even think about spending money on education because they're down to just living off necessities. And then of course you have other countries that aren't as prosperous where people really uh, have no hope of even attending a local college or anything, some hostile countries even that I know people will attend and take classes from and you protect their identity and whatnot, but they're able to get uh, training yeah, uh, for free. And I'm sure the Beth the Bethesda program helps in some of those situations too. Uh, in our last yeah. year, we funded everyone who had a financial need. Um, um, we've had generous vision partners who funded. Um, we gave out everyone who applied last year, we gave them a scholarship. If wow. they actually had need and could not afford, because yeah, we even tier the prices. If you're in Nigeria, for instance, um, it might be $120 a degree, so $240. Um, so there's this tier nation price that's very low. Um, but when they couldn't even pay that and they presented their need to us, we asked uh, vision partners who are students and vision partners who are kingdom um, donors, would you supply um, opportunity scholarships in the Pool of Bethesda program? And we gave everyone a scholarship in 2020. That's great. You know, so even there, you know, somebody could say, is it free? Well, it's, it's tuition free. Um, ultimately, somebody has to pay for it. But our goal, our heart, yeah. is that we are independent of government funding. We are accessible to anybody. And anyone can um, take their next step. 
Yeah, and one of the things I noticed uh, was that we can you can sign up as a partner too. Um, yes. And, and as I've been giving, uh, I've enjoyed the fact that you point out how many people are helped by the, the amount of money that you're giving. So you can see that your check is actually helping. And it's just a good reminder that actually, you know, 25, 50, 100 people or whatever you're giving, you're actually helping pay for other people's education. And that's a great uh, ministry to donate to. And you guys make it easy to donate as well. Well, thank so. you. You know, and, and just recently I read a story uh, that there's no way, and this is not a story, the ministry, <laughs> but the recent story I read was here is a here is a former street walking prostitute who was raised in a family where as a child she was sexually abused and her mother was also a prostitute. Okay. And and as I was reading this story, hear this, you know, you know, we don't publish these, it's too just too intense to publish. This mm -hmm. is a picture of this um, beautiful, like 30-year-old girl from Louisiana who um ju just and and because of her background too, um now she has um, and what happened is she got several children. Um, she's a single person because no guys ever stood around her and backed her up, you know, and then the Christ Jesus comes into her life and changes everything. Okay. And now she has a passion to reach street walkers mm. and, and wow. desperately needs education. Okay. Yeah. And she, she makes this appeal or she says at the end, I could not do this. I could not get the education. And she said, and I have found with the education how it changed me. And I would have actually hurt people I was reaching if I didn't get this education. And I had no ability to get this. Yes. And yes. now I have the ability to get it. And she said, I hope someday to um, maybe get a college degree here. And our attitude is yes. And you know something? Um, the opportunity scholarships are there. And, you know, who knows? And, and we believe that anyone can be called by God and we want to empower everyone who's willing to do the studies. Yeah, that's a really great point that you make about the spiritual formation. And I, I have a similar, of course, nowhere near that story. That's an amazing story. Yeah, but, we have a whole range of uh, stories. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, just wanting to teach, as, I, as we talked before the podcast started, um, me being coming from the secular world as a teacher in the IT world and wanting to use my skills uh, if, for the ministry, I went into it with more of an academic mindset. You know, I was, I was going to teach Bible, I was going to teach theology, but as I got into it, and, and the reason I paused, part of the reason I paused and went to uh, Christian Leaders Institute and some other places for education is that I felt this sort of maybe prompting from the Holy Spirit that I shouldn't try to go this without <clears throat> some, some education or some blessing by some other folks that are already have gone down this path. And so I started, and of course, some of the first classes that you guys offer are ministry-focused, spiritual formation-focused classes. Yeah. And as I went through these, you know, the more and more I got through these, the more I started to realize 
I'm really glad I didn't try to do this alone because there were some things and there still are some things oh, yeah. that I'm working through that the Holy Spirit is working on me. And I would really hate to, as you mentioned, your, the, the, the girl you mentioned uh, before, she would have hurt people that she was ministering to. Right. I'm, it's really important to have that spiritual formation part of any academic education. This is as important or more important, I think, than the academic, you know, parts of it, the, the actual learning the facts about the Bible and the theology and whatnot. Right. You know, many, many times in the history of the church, unfortunately, um, people with um, a lot of like zeal um, right away, you know, felt like, hey, I found it and I just want to share it. But what they didn't realize, like, you know, an example is the impact of philosophy on who we all are. And if your philosophy is not a biblical philosophy, you can apply scriptures wrongly in such a way that ultimately hurts people so there's mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of issues that are behind that that are, are really really important i'll give you one people go like well, yeah. fly. well it's like okay so um around the fourth century fifth century in the church um people took a platonic view of the body that the body was evil but then women were evil so then women were sort of evil and um and they were not to be trusted and all of that. And whereas the early church, Jesus um, had many women who supported his ministry or part of his ministry. The first one who saw him risen from the dead was Mary Magdalene. But then a philosophy got in there um, and they were not self-aware of how things like that happen. Now that is that, you know, but that happens today that, that we can, yeah. We could read the Bible, but we're not clear. Is this a biblical philosophy? Those are all issues about ministry training, which make it excellent to get trained. Yes, I totally agree with that. Yeah, in in the postmodern age that we live in and Western society is rooted in some of that uh, Greek philosophy ultimately, right? So a lot of that way of thinking uh, leaks into our, it's just part of us and we don't realize it. It's who we are, we don't realize it. So get grounded in the word of God, grounded in the days that you live in, in terms of knowing how to react, discern. We have a mini course on Christian discernment that was just released, um, where where just it's easy for then um, volunteer ministers and that to even invite someone they know, hey, you know, why don't you sign up for this free class? It's free. You don't have to become a minister. This is just a tool for our ministers to help them minister. Yeah, that's very cool. And I like what you said earlier about the catechumens, you know, the early church uh, training that they would put people through. I think it was two to three years of training uh, in the early church that they would make uh, early converts go through before they were officially sort of brought into the body. And that's not what this is completely, obviously, but the general concept of getting educated before going into ministry I do see a lot of um, zeal of, of new Christians being released without training. Right. And there is a lot of uh, error that creeps into those situations. And, and God still does his thing through that. But, yeah, I mean, God works through, you know, <laughs> um, you know we do not want to reduce at all the power yeah, of the Holy yeah. Spirit, even with untrained uh, leaders but our goal is to just let's get better i mean there's no judgment on someone who is any place where you're at let's if if it's in our power to help someone get a more trained let's do it that's right
absolutely improvement is always a good thing right. so as far as those classes um you have classes in in core like economics math yeah there's ministry cl focused classes as we've been talking about there's also business focused classes yeah. you have a, a ministry in the business world type of programs yeah. and then there's just academic like divinity degrees and things yeah. um maybe you can talk some more about the types of degrees and, and classes just beyond that maybe it's some ones that you're excited about or that you find specifically or especially uh beneficial thank you um so the institute so let's just think of the pro the programs that are part of the christian leaders ministries so there's the college the institute and i'm going to mention one more the alliance so what we basically want to do is have an ecosystem by which an active christian who may be exploring their calling a volunteer minister called to volunteer minister and it's kind of like i i want to explain it's like the fire department like in a sense um a local fire department could be a career shop if it's in let's say minneapolis because it's just lots of people and they have it could be a part-time which let's say um duluth or it could be a um, local rural community and all they have is a volunteer fire department but there's one thing interesting they all get the same training because you're not going to go into a burning building without the same training okay so, <laughs> so if you think about that thinking that's how we yeah. sort of see this ecosystem um some of us are called to um be active christians in our life so we are more and more getting um mini classes that you know indestructible marriage is a mini class that we just put up it doesn't even have quizzes you've got a couple of um forum things and you know so we're going to have um proficiency awards at the institute now these are award level and they're we're not worried about all the standards of accreditation what we're interested in is empowering people in their situation now that would also apply to a lot of volunteer ministers let's say you're working as a woman's minister in a local church and um you find that um you know there's a lot of issues that you're dealing with there and um you have like eight you know you know you know, eight hours a week or four hours a week to donate your time. But but we so how can we empower you um, at the Institute? So we have the courses that help you become more effective. And we even have for you, um, let's, let's say someone asks you to do a wedding, you know, to perform a wedding. Um, one of the people that you're with the local church um, and oh, you know, Liz, I'd love you to do the wedding ceremony. Okay, great. Well, we have a wedding efficient skills class. Plus, we have a um, licensed wedding efficient um, clergy status, which mm -hmm. is not just you know going to some you know. Oh, I think I can get online um, ordained somewhere and I can do a wedding. No, it's you're trained. Um, you have to actually give a recommendation for that so that you're bounded. Mm -hmm. You become on an international directory as a licensed Christian wedding official. It's very much a mm -hmm. role. And you're a volunteer. I mean, a volunteer mm -hmm. in that you may only do one wedding. You might do 10 weddings. But it, but as a volunteer in a local situation, you get empowered to get high-quality training and ministry training grounded in an organization that's interested in mobilizing you in your situation and helping mm -hmm. your pastor. You, you don't even have to become in any denomination. Just stay where you're at. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's fine. Or then, okay, so that's the, the – so the Institute um, – and 
to some extent, the alliance, that's the credentials for volunteer ministers, is really for that volunteer or part-time or active Christian group. Now, there's also at the college then, then we have degree program. And these degree programs are in like ministry, um, divinity. We have a Christian leadership degree with concentrations in um, business. Um, We're close to philosophy, um, you know, enterprise, business, enterprise, um, chaplaincy, you know, so we, we have degrees that are for the career um, the full-time minister, someone who's called, um, you know, and, and that's what you're called to do. That's what you're called to be. And, um, and in many places in the world, this has become like the go-to place for the full-time minister, but that they need an accredited um, bachelor degree, or they want to go on to master's studies. So we have like Ohio Christian University. Um, we have, um, Keras, we have Calvin Seminary, we have other, um, even though we're not officially fully accredited yet, these colleges see the quality of our students and their education, and there's some programs by which they could take X amount from, quote, non-accredited colleges, and um, we have not yet seen one of our students who is qualified not get accepted. Mm, That's a great track record. Yeah, it's, so, you know, fun to see that that our students and, and, and I understand why think about it our students are self-motivated um they 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 don't have tuition forcing them to get their school classes done they must do it like you you're like you're incredible Dane because here you are um no one's forcing you to do this you're doing this in your free time um, these classes are hard CLI classes I mean the many classes are um, they're not as hard, but you know, these classes are hard and we yeah. make, them, you know, we, people call us the Harvard of free tuition ministry classes. They are. Okay. They're challenging. They are challenging. Yeah. Because we sure. want them the best to mobilize leaders for the gospel. And if they go on to get their bachelor degree, it means that they are serious and they are ready, confident and competent to go out there um, with credibility to minister as a full-time minister. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great to hear. And that's one of the reasons I chose you guys too. I I was actually uh, doing, I I had explored a couple of other options first. And one of the reasons that I went ahead with committing to Christian Leaders Institute is because of that fact that at least Kelvin Seminary, as well as I noticed there were a couple of others, uh, would accept uh, credit from a bachelor's degree program and you could slide right in there because accreditation was important to me. Um, and so that's uh, that's great to know. That was a huge reason that I that I continued. It's a process, the accreditation. I mean, we're going through the mm-hmm. process and, and it takes years to do all this. Um, and, you know, our concept is not easily um, accepted. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, so this. It's general- a new. You guys are blazing a trail. I mean, it's a little bit new. Yeah. Yeah, you're new. It's it's a it's a new thing, but I see it happening across the industry, if you will. Yes, of, it's true. It of is. online Christian education, especially now post pandemic. I guess we're post pandemic. 
yeah. um, where, and, and this is true of other industries too, just in regard to remote work, but especially the education where now it's, it's really propping up that people are getting comfortable with and or just accepting the idea that online is acceptable. It's yeah. just as good. It's, there's nothing that beats face-to-face -face interaction in some ways. But in my opinion, there's also a lot of wasted time and effort and energy. Drive time is wasted. There's a lot of fluff that happens in having to go somewhere physically. That isn't necessarily, you could use your time more efficiently. And uh, I kind of yeah. think too, like we could think differently about this. Um, we could think like you could be in your local church, your local ministers, um, you could have mentors, um, mm -hmm. you can yeah. put into practice what we're teaching with local um, experience. Um, even in the, we've had so many amazing stories. There's heavy use of, I noticed Christian History Magazine, which is excellent. You have Greek classes. Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah. You know, there's even some language classes if you want to go get that involved with it. Um, 120 or 100 plus college level classes. Um, mm. Now we're developing mini classes and you know, that's going to be a game changer too. Yeah, the mini classes is really cool. I think that's going to be uh, easy to digest little snippets. So um, talk more about maybe we can get into a little bit more of the roadmap of where you guys are going with things. You mentioned mini classes. Um, those are, I assume, just little sort of snippets of topics that you can easily digest. So you think of a blog, just think of, you're kind of in technology, I know, and think of a yeah. blog, you know, and what's a blog, you know? So there's one article, the nine ways to have a, a great attitude. Okay, so you read an article and it's like, you know, one short paragraph um, optimized for keywords and then it gets placed yeah. all over and then, well, a mini class will be like a blog on 10 times steroids. So let's say we have a one called, um, you know, nine ways to have a great attitude. Well, now um, there are nine topics and the topics um, in the presentation, um, each one is maybe like 10 minutes. Of course, many times people like you yourself who have a skill area, we, we, were gonna, we will invite you to do many courses. So that we want, so it's, it's to me an, an opportunity to be a blog on 10 times steroids on very specific topics uh, platform for our graduates and students who have, you know, just think about, to me, I love this, the volunteer ministers who have tons of learning about all these skill areas, um, well, yeah, we'll have mini classes um, in skill areas. We'll have Bible study mini classes. We'll have um, topic mini classes. We'll have um, mini classes that I can envision tens of thousands someday of topics. And, you know, it's sort of like a Wikipedia of mini classes, as well as someday, maybe not my generation, but having tens of thousands of accredited classes, you know, so that everywhere and anybody gets an opportunity for the education that connects to their calling to reach the world. You know, a lot of people are negative, yeah. right? like the gospel. I'm like the opposite. I feel like this is the beautiful time to be alive. And there's enough chaos that people desperately need 
the Lord and and science is promising a lot, but the heart is not impressed. And yeah, so, yeah. So I feel like we are in the beginnings of the one of the most beautiful time, and when someday Jesus comes back, and maybe it's tomorrow, and then all it's all done. But if it's a hundred years, we'll be ready. If it's 200 years, we'll keep going. The church yeah. has been around for 2,000 years, and the Holy Spirit finds a way to reinvent everything in every generation. And I think we're part of this beautiful, incredible reinvention. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, for as, as bleak as things can seem, um, like you mentioned, the world is going to be looking for answers. Yes. And we have answers, we have the answer. Right, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ, and so we're, we we have to be ready. And um, uh, so many of us uh, are nervous about that. Are nervous about interacting with people, evangelizing, and and or, or we have natural skills like you know myself. I I have a certain set of skills that maybe someone else doesn't have, and and uh, vice versa. And um, you know to. I wouldn't feel it would be unnatural for me to try to step into a, a, a lane, a swim lane of skills or ministry that I'm not providentially prepared by the Holy Spirit for. Right. And I think that, that going through this education also helps people to, much like any education, it helps you understand and realize what your calling really is. Maybe you, you generally understand your calling. But then you go through a program like this and you, it starts to be refined and the spirit working with the education and the reading and all the tasks and activities, you, it starts to narrow, hone in on, okay, here is what exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Yes. Um, so that's another great benefit of going through some education, I think. I think the future is the <clears throat> world where um, it's not just going to be a new diversity is coming in and it's not going to be on racial grounds. It's going to be, it's not going to be on academic grounds. I mean, uh, those are battles that are being fought right now. And, and I think it's going to be on um, individual um, identity of people who have a religious, a spiritual belief. And I think it's going to be honestly out there. I think in the future, um, there's idea of objective, like people are, no, I, I think that people, who you are is going to be so um, revelatory. And I think we have the early signs. I, I think very concerned that um, their gender is um, clearly understood by people. And, and there's in secular philosophy, um, mm -hmm. theory, for instance, you know, there are, there, you know, all these nuances are clear and all of that. And we're entering an age where we're mm -hmm. um, almost transparency, you know, so in the world of Christianity, there's going to be a new level of, of transparency. Like you're called to do what, who are you, who are you, who are you? Mm -hmm. Christianity was sort of like this you know, I'm a Christian and people had a clear understanding mm -hmm. of what that meant. The future is where, where um, people uh, are, um, they will still be looking for answer clear, but the old constructs of how that looks 
um, are going to look different to people in, as we reach them in evangelism. Now, having said that, I just opened up a whole mini course, and we have one called Critical Grace Theory that we're mm. Deal nice. with very critical gender theory. So Steve and I actually, I mean, we got into the deep on this, but in a mini course. But that would be what yeah. that's the future, uh, I believe, yeah. will happen. And we shouldn't be afraid of it. You know, these are not the worst of times. These are the times when it is so incredible to be called into ministry, to be called to get education, and to get out there. Yeah. If you think about it, what you're saying makes a lot of sense because. Coming out of a, you know, kind of modern modernity held on with with what you mentioned, Christianity as being a certain thing, yes. and then post modernity hit and it's like meaning kind of was lost, right? It, yep. People think that there is no way to to understand meaning or reality, and right. so they're lost. And science isn't not providing the answers because God put in people's hearts a longing for him because that's why we were created we were created to be in in uh in, in communion with him yeah. and so they're searching they're searching for and it's very individual as you say yeah. and it's coming out and manifesting in ways where individuality and sort of this search for the mystical or yeah. the search for um how do you want how have i heard it um put from other authors uh carl teichrieb wrote a book, um, Game of Gods, that talks about this. And he was actually, he was a researcher for the UN and he was a Christian and he went in and he participated in a lot of these focus groups. And there was a lot of conversation about, you know, how do we institute this one world religion? And right, yeah. uh, it was very uh, focused on kind of neo-paganist ideas and sort of this uh, recovering this mystical sort of, uh, spiritual feeling that maybe we had in days past in the pagan era you know maybe and i feel like that's coming out now in, wow. in ways and and as you say you know we are positioned to have grace towards people to to not necessarily fit into a rigid i am a christian box right but to operate within our own faculties that god has providentially prepared us to operate in uh, and in our own way, that's going to impact people who need to find Jesus, right? I mean, what's awesome about Christianity, it's, it's a worldview that um, understands that when people come into the life of Jesus Christ, that it's a whole lifelong journey. It's not first a um it, it's not judging anybody it's giving hope to the broken hmm. uh, you see that in the life of jesus when in the his ministry he's on earth and the pharisees are always trying to trip him up to get him to look like you know oh you healed somebody on the sabbath day and we all know the sabbath breaker and you know, or um, this woman's caught in adultery and um, will you be the first to throw the first stone because you love our traditions? And, mm -hmm. and Jesus, you know, amazingly says he was without sin, cast the first stone. And then, um, yeah. and it changes the world. <clears throat> you know, and again, I think Christianity um, has been so misinterpreted um, and here's where I feel a lot of the misinterpretation comes in. Um, the difference between worldview 
and the difference between like prescription and description. So what we see is a walk with God that we hold on to a worldview that becomes dearer and dearer to us as we walk with God. Um, it's not at essence a morality that we're judging people and it's a relationship. So, so I sure. am moral then out of my love for Jesus Christ. And I think about ethics and I think about life, but it comes out of a relationship of gratitude. It's not um, in, we have a class on comparative religions, which really talks about like the different DNA of various um, religious movements. Talk about the e. I'm going to have to take that one. That sounds good. <laughs> but it's that, it's that kind of, these are the kind of issues that are, you know, is yeah. like an example, is God, um, you know, a part of creation or is God distinct from creation? Well, the Christian view, mm-hmm. God is distinct from that which he made. Mm-hmm. Well, the implications yeah. that we can't get into this um, are huge. And that yeah. education yeah. training is very important. what's driving uh you know and there's a book by i forget the guy's name it's called the other worldview and it's exactly what you're talking about one ism versus two ism two ism being creation distinct from the creator but one ism is the neo-pagan sort of post 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 modern era whatever it is that we're going into right now and uh yeah it's it's um you're, you're right there's a lot of misunderstanding that comes in there and a lot of the history, and, and, and as we're working things out, trying to figure out how to exist in this reality, uh, there's some things I think that are happening to society that we're mourning for. I yeah. am, at least. Yeah, we you are. see it, and as Christians, yes. you don't want to see that. You don't want to see your kids grow up in that. You don't want to have to live through that. But at the same time, so we mourn for that, I think. And we have to be careful not to let that mourning and that dissatisfaction for that suffering to to shine over and above, you know, who we are as Christians. We can't let our light be snuffed out, right, by by even by our own uh, dissatisfaction or mourning over these things happening. I think it's a process that that we're going through, at least many Christians are going through right now where we're having to understand how can we find joy in these times? How can we latch on to that? What you mentioned earlier, the excite, I'm excited to be yeah. a Christian right now because look at everything, all the opportunities that are happening. The world needs us. Christ is working. Christ oh. is there. The Holy Spirit's working, you know? You know, when I was a young minister and I'm 60, I just turned 16. So, you know, I'm a little older than you and, and yeah. <laughs> decades that have gone and And right now, I would rather be a minister today than I would in 1990. Those are not the good old days. Um, Yeah. A lot of illusion and a lot of bifurcation. Now, now what we've got is we have people who 
um, are having honest conversations and they're out and they're um, exposed as to what's really going on. And, and it's either a walk with God or not. It's not this illusion of I go through churchianity and, and really I treat everybody else, um, you know, not as a Christian, but I show up in church on Sunday and you can actually live in those illusions. I, I don't even see if, if you're not in it to win it, you're not in it at all. And you know something, this is that, I mean, and, and even, I mean, we have no guarantees with our children either. And each of them have to like walk with God and um, is a warfare. And Jesus said that it would be that way where um, not, you know, fathers and children might not agree on everything, but love Jesus more. And what happens out of that, I think is so exciting. It's just not the paradigm that we're used to and in one generation that has shifted so dramatically that it just feels like, you know, what's happening, what's happening. And I believe what's happening is um, it's revival bubbling up. And that's yeah. part of revival is the, um, the chaos that precedes it. We are here in this, um, in this moment in time where God is raising up, not just the few that are going to be career or full-time ministers, but the many who are, who have a calling from God. And now with the internet and the opportunities is um, this is for anybody. Our intentions are laid bare. I mean, you either, you're either in it or you're not that kind of what you were saying earlier about that. And um, I totally see that it's, um, you know, it's it's harder to to just hide away in this sort of society accepted Christianity, especially over this last year or so, with all of the um, sort of difficult places that one finds oneself in between needing to treat people with grace, you know, and kindness, and at the same time maybe disagreeing on a lot of issues that might be emotional issues. And it's just, I find myself kind of at odds with pretty much everyone in some way, right? academically yeah. anyways. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm, it's, it's been a learning experience for me as to how do I disagree, you know, with this person, but yet they're my brother, they're my sister, right. you know, and, and just we're, we both have the same father, you know, we both... Yeah. are following Christ where the spirit is in us and we're doing what we can in our ministries and respecting that difference and diversity yeah. to the point where we know God is in control of that. And he is using that person just as he hopefully will use me right. to advance his kingdom. And it, it's, it's really been a learning experience. So, you know, I sort of feel about that. Um, this <clears throat> Like um, the, moment in time we're at right now have fragmented um, tribes of ideology and political uh, <laughs> bents and, um, and, and we're promised in the Bible that this is how the, these days will occur. Okay. Brother so will, yeah, we'll be against brother. Father will be against son. Yeah. And, and I basically look at this in three ways. First of all, um, no human being is my enemy. Yeah. Okay. Um, the end of, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So I do not want to get caught up in 
fighting against another human because I know they're in the same boat that I'm in. Number two is, um, is love um, with good boundaries, um, disagree with a smile, um, pray for the very people that persecute you, um, don't get into the weeds of their accusations and whatever. And in and, and number three, have the willingness to, um, like the early church, have the willingness to not love your life so much that um, this is everything. That, you know, in some ways, you know, I'm 60. My dad lived at 99. I love to the illusion that I'll be here 39 more years. But you know what? Eventually, 39 years will come. But it could be tomorrow. I mean, the COVID thing has challenged the world. We, you know, I, you know, the pre-COVID, we're sort of like monstering along in wealth and economics, and the sun is not setting on what humanity can do. And yeah. then COVID is thrown in there, and and people say, well, was it uh, was it intentional? Was it not intentional? But what is true is that viruses. Uh, <laughs> live in creation and God providentially allowed um, this virus to become a pandemic. And, but what it's done is it's laid us all low. It, it again, destroyed our tower of Babel that we're building. And we're thinking that we yeah. will figure out um, everything. And really what it does, it says, it brings us to our knees. It puts us to our very raw core existence that, um, we have no hope except for the hope in Jesus Christ. And, you know, so now we're in this world and, you know, it's, um, you know, we call it a post pandemic world. Um, and, you know, that's it. Maybe the pandemic, the first stage of the pandemic only reminds us that we're mortal, but the next stage of the pandemic, we don't know. And I remember when the towers were hit, I walked around Manhattan, New York, thinking the world was coming to an end. Jet flyers were over because they were like guarding, were we attacked, were we not attacked? Um, mm -hmm. Was buildings burning, people jumping off buildings. Um, you know, all that stuff is going on. And, and, and you know, in the casualties of that were, you know, four or five, three, four or 5,000 people um, the casualties of the pandemic are millions. I wonder that everybody is somewhat shell-shocked. But on the other hand, you can go two ways with this. This could be our best days where now we come back to the, the joyful but raw existence that we are mortals and we need to connect to the God who created it all and redeemed mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Or we're going to believe in science. We're going to believe in the next vaccine, then the next variant with the next vaccine, the next vaccine. I mean, you know, we face all these issues. And when people put on their masks or don't put on their masks, that's because they have a debate inside of themselves. But the debate is a religious debate. It's a spiritual debate. So who am I? How am I going to be here? Am I going to be here tomorrow? Am I not going to be here tomorrow? The panic of fear and death um, is for all us mortals. And we have to know um, who we are and where we're going. And the masks only tell us that we're masking the truth that's, that's bubbling up in all of our souls. So this is a great time to be alive because yeah. we, we actually have something where it says in <clears throat> 2 Corinthians, you know, Moses wears a mask 
because he wants to hide the fading glory that um, he had when he saw God. Well, the, the Ten Commandments were given, and then and then he hides the glory. And then the Apostle Paul says, "And we, with unveiled masks, reflect the glory of God." So you know, maybe when when you know Christians, whether they're wearing a mask or not, now you see in your eyes is the fire of the Holy Spirit. There is Jesus Christ alive and well, and so it changes the debate from the, we're running away from the, the some pandemic into this is like the one of the most beautiful opportunities ever. Anyway, yeah. got me going. Amen. <laughs> got me going. It's like, you know, da, 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 it goes. Anyway. this is great. This is great. Thank you. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, just sharing your thoughts on all this stuff. Uh, I, I am with you. Uh, amen. Uh, amazing. Uh, so this is a really good conversation and we could probably go on for a long time. Um, one, one, uh, one thing that I'll say, and then maybe we can kind of close it off is, uh, I've, I've had a new appreciation for what the Israelites looked forward to in the promised land. Right. Uh, they never got, but Jesus came and, and made it a better land that we inherit. And, uh, of course, sadly, the Jews didn't, didn't recognize that. In, in at least the ones in Palestine in the first century, but, and, and many others. But uh, regardless, uh, we have this new land to look forward to, and this world is not our home. No. And uh, we, let's bring as many people as we can with us. Yes. Uh, and we have the privilege of doing that, you know, so that's a very exciting thing. And Dane, I want to congratulate you for this um, broadcast, this, um program that you produce and you are leading the way in the new um, warriors of technology that are out there for Jesus Christ and I mean this is outstanding and you know you do this as a volunteer um, you do this because it's it comes out of a love of your heart to Jesus Christ and the world to reach and it's been fun and a privilege to um, you ask good questions and you get me really going and you know i go blah 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 and all the things i feel strongly about one thing so I'm good most strongly is this is the day for jesus christ to shine in the hearts of believers and we with unmasks unveiled faces reflect the glory of jesus christ and that's what you're doing so thank you mm, i love that that's amazing that'll preach <laughs> yeah well um i will close it off then i guess uh for today this has been a great longer even than i expected which is good uh I, the conversation was amazing and i appreciate it thanks so much for being here uh and uh just sharing your thoughts henry really appreciate it appreciate it um and god bless you in your ministry Thank you. God bless you as well. And be sure to uh, head on over to ChristianLeadersInstitute.org and sign up, take a class. You know, there, it's again free to enroll. There's plenty of topics of interest. So uh, sign up and check it out. See what it's all about. Uh, Henry, thanks so much. You're welcome. Okay. Have a great day. <laughs>